Okay, good morning, guys. We're going to continue on this morning in Philippians 1. We're actually going to uh, finish chapter 1 this morning. And uh, this is an important passage that creates a hinge, a shift, as Paul is going to now begin to focus in specifically on the Philippians, uh, on their life and their conduct and how they he would encourage them to live their lives and uh, this this you know this passage verses 27 to 30 creates uh, an important uh, hinge into chapter 2 which then uh, it's some of the most powerful language that we find in uh, the New Testament, certainly in the letters. And so this is a very important preparatory passage for what we're about to see next week. So next week will be fun to walk through chapter 2. Here's uh, verses 27 to 30 of chapter 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you were going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So again, now Paul is shifting over to uh, the Philippians. He's explained his life in prison in uh, Rome apart from them. And he's said, you know, look, whatever comes my way, I'm, I'm, I trust God. And I want you guys to live the same way. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. And, uh, and he does make clear to them that, you know, whether I come and see you or only hear about, you, you know, your behavior, uh, he is saying, essentially, this is a beautiful apostolic um, oversight reminder that, hey, you're accountable to me, that I, I consider you as children in the Lord, and I will keep an eye on your growth, and I expect you to continue, continue to, to live and serve the Lord, live for and serve the Lord. And so... Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a really cool way in which Paul is, is, uh, reminding the, the Philippians that even in his absence, that he, he is a spiritual father. It's, uh, I, I just love that passage. And he then goes on to say that, um, you know, look, there are people that are opposing you, but when you stand firm in the faith, your lack of fear in the face of those who would oppose the gospel is a sign to them, an unsettling sign to them that they're not on the right path. They're on a path of destruction. I always remember uh, the story E. Stanley Jones tells of a lower caste person in India. In India, there's a caste system. And if you're from the lower caste, um, you are made to feel as an outcast um, by those who are elite. And there's a story of a, uh, uh, of a lower caste person who gets radically saved and then walks differently. And one of the upper caste people says, what is it that's different about you? You know, you're, you're, you're still lower caste and you're never going to be like me. And the lower caste guy says, you're right. I'm not ever going to be like you, but I no longer fear you. 
And it says, you know, that that his disposition has changed to one of, of living his life, knowing his identity in Christ is what gives him value and not where he, where he sits in the societal, you know, ladder. And so, um, you know, there is, that's a powerful word for us, isn't it? That we would not evaluate ourselves based upon our social status, but by who we are in Christ, knowing that ultimately it's through our faith in him that we'll be saved. And, um, he then goes on to say that, look, guys, it's been granted to you, uh, to not only believe in Jesus, he's not just given you the, the, the seeds of faith in you that will, that allow you to, to cling to him, but he's also given you the gift of suffering for him. And, um, you know, those two things, those two things go, go together and, um, it, it, it can be, that, that word that Paul uses there could mean persecution, but it could also just mean like suffering under temptation, or it could just mean hardships like, you know, coronavirus coming your way. It's, it's all kinds of suffering. And I read uh, a quote that I really liked about this uh, idea of, of both serving the Lord and suffering for him. And it, it, this is the quote. It says, look up and take each throb of pain. Each hour of agony is a gift. Dare to thank him for it. Look inside the envelope of pain for the message it unfolds. It is a rough packing case, but there is treasure in it. Man, what a, what a powerful truth, right? That, the, that some of the hardships that we experience or the temptation or even the persecution, all of which creates suffering in a different sense, even though that it, it, it's a that's a rough package to have to open up, there is so much treasure inside of that as we as we as we hold on to faith and grow through these times of struggle. Paul then says to the Philippians that um, that the struggle that they're feeling is is similar to the struggle that he's feeling. He's saying, "Look, we're going through this uh, the same thing together." I like the word that he uses there that that I think is translated here in the NIV that I read from his struggle or your translation might say conflict that you're going through the same conflict I'm going through. It's actually the Greek word agon, which used to, was originally used to describe a a place where they held like athletic um, competitions, uh, but it later came to refer to just any kind of uh, competition or conflict or contest. And we actually get the word agony or agonize from those. So Paul is saying that if you're experiencing some agony in your life in whatever form it's coming, whether it's something personal to you or that's happening in the world around you, or you're being persecuted for your belief, you're standing strong in that, that, that he identifies with you in it. And he also says you identify with him in it. And he's, his prayer is that we would experience not just the strength to withstand it and, and, to, and to stand firm in it, but we would actually experience joy and fruitfulness in the midst of it. That's, that's a powerful prayer. That's the prayer. If I have any sort of pastoral relationship with you, any sort of spiritual parenting responsibility in your life, I want you to know that that's exactly my prayer for you, that as you experience both a growth in your faith and at times a growth in your struggles, your suffering, your, your, your agon or conflict, even agony, 
that you wouldn't just bear it and make it through, but you would actually have joy and fruitfulness as a result of it. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for all who are listening this morning at the end of this chapter, at the end of this week, that we would not shrink from the possibility, the prospect of uh, even suffering, whether it be by persecution or temptation or by just any hardship. Uh, Lord, we want the end of the day, the end of our lives, as we look back, to be marked by joy and fruitfulness through our times of great growth in faith and our times of struggle. We love you, Lord. We trust you to mix the winds of prosperity and adversity in just the right mix. We thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Maranatha.